I'm George Baker, and this is how you sell without selling out. Rogers that. Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have somebody very special, someone I've known a very, very long time, um, a self-described, believe it or not, a goat, uh, but not just any goat. He is the goat of something that you're about to learn a lot about, uh, and I'm going to end this intro with that. So keep listening. An entrepreneur, a visionary, a leader, a strategic individual that most importantly loves the Lord, loves his family. And uh, thankfully, I think he likes me, uh, which is why I was able to grab some of his time today. Uh, I met George Baker in 1995. George was a part of the cool crew at high school. And uh, 20 years later, George and I finally had a conversation uh, joking about the cool crew part, not joking about 20 years later. But uh, he was always someone that I admired and looked up to um, not literally, but I always, uh, admired his, uh, he, he's consistent and, and George is present. And there's just something about George that, uh, as you get to know him through this podcast and as you follow his journey afterward, uh, he's just, he's got a lot of goodness to him. And I think that when you think of a leader and someone who has had significant success, acquiring companies, exiting companies, uh, and as he's done that, he's become a better leader and a better person. I think that's very rare. And so that's why I wanted him to come in here today and talk about, believe it or not, disrupting being the goat of parking. So uh, the current founder and chairman of the board of Park Hub, um, also a man of many other talents, which we're going to get to. It's my pleasure to introduce George Baker. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rogers. Glad to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Why don't you give us a little bit of background? I know you're a Dallas guy that ventured a little bit west, came back, but um, you know you grew up in a, a, a atmosphere of parking, where like parking, like insurance. My dad's an insurance guy. Your family's in the parking industry. Was that just normal for you as a kid? And then that was what your vision was later was to disrupt parking. Uh, yes, um, and funny story how I got all the way out west. Um, but uh, foundationally, I think it's kind of important. I'm going to rewind and kind of start back with kind of um, my grandparents, uh, specifically my mother's side, um, coming into the United States. So my grandfather in the 40s uh, answered an ad in the Paris Tribune to become a chef. No way. Um, so, uh, by the way. Paris, France. Paris, France. Okay, we have um, some Paris, Texas listeners today. Yes. <laughs> well, um, this this Paris, France. The war was going on, um, and really, they were seeking to to uh, to flee the country and come to the land of opportunity. I say all that to say entrepreneurial spirit is ingrained uh, in the family DNA and kind of starts the what will what will happen thereafter. Not only for me, all of my family members. We're all entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurial spirit runs deep. So, um, grandfather answers an ad at Paris, Tribu- Paris Tribune to become a chef uh, in uh, Dallas at the old Warsaw. It was over no on way. McKinney Avenue. Um, left my grandmother, my mother, her two brothers in Paris, uh, actually Bulgaria, south of Paris, um, got established here in the States. Um, and then later in the mid fifties, 10 years later, after established, brought the family over, they opened up their own restaurant. It was called Patrice. They operated, uh, till 1989 over on McKinney Avenue, where now the whole foods development is. No way. 
So is Old Warsaw a French restaurant? It is a French restaurant. So look, um, I want to meet the person that thought it'd be smart to do an ad in France to get someone all the way. That's a salesperson right there. That's right. So they went and tracked down before the internet, maybe before, I don't even know if phones really were a big thing. I know that that's, that shows my ignorance, but a Dallas restaurant, which is a staple here and it's still around, I know it's moved a few times, does an ad in a small town French newspaper that changes the trajectory of your entire life. Was Baker the last name they brought over? The- Patrie. Oh, Patrie. Patrice. Oh. And then they reopened. The, he opened his own restaurant when he brought the family in. Um, I think it opened in uh, 55, 60, somewhere in there. Operated, as I mentioned earlier, till 1989. My grandfather, my uncle, then reopened it over on Lover's Lane, right down the street from Celebration, and they closed in the mid 2000s. What was that? Uh, it was Patrice. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when your mom and your dad met, it was almost like an arranged wet marriage because his last name was Baker. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's, it's, it's meant to be. <laughs> so, so so anyway, entrepreneur, it's, entre- it's in your blood. It's in right? the blood. And I and in my my mom and her brothers, all the whole family worked in the restaurant. Uh, my father um, met my mother at the restaurant. Um, but to answer your other question, parking in the DNA grew up. So my father after school, uh, started uh, uh, here in Dallas, uh, Parking Company of America, um, and I am one of three. Uh, I've got three sisters. Uh, being the only boy, um, I was pushed out into the parking lots literally at a very young age, 10, 11, 12. Uh, um, you know, uh, bought my first car when I was 16 because of working for my father. Um, and to your point earlier around disrupting the industry, um, I cut my teeth in the industry, understood all the pitfalls. Um, what were you, I mean, what were you doing at 10 or 11 years old? 10 or 11 years old, I was... <laughs> Uh, I was being humbled, um, and I was out with the maintenance porter guy, uh, and we were picking up trash around Mm. downtown Dallas. Uh, We were literally sweeping the parking lots uh, to be prepped for maintenance, specifically stripes. Um, And where my sisters um, were on the other side in the office, uh, and at that then time, um, uh, and then really till recent, um, it was a cash-heavy business. They had these honor boxes with these metal slits, and you'd slide the dollar bills in. And they had literally a, a, a bill stuffer that would slide in. Um, so you would take the uh, the cash receipts from this metal box, take it into the corporate office where there was a vault. And so my sisters, while I'm out sweeping lots, they were literally counting money. So. Mm. You got the short end of the stick. Uh, that's my point. So, so, you, so you're in the family business. You're observing this thing literally from picking up trash to watching people st- stuff dollars into the, you know, whatever you call it, the honor box. And, you know, you go to college and you drive 990 miles west because that's the furthest you're allowed to go. You were an architecture major. It was a blessing. You had friends that you grew up with that were fraternity brothers. And, you know, it kind of sets you up. But then you come back knowing that it's ingrained in you, parking, entrepreneurship, working in the family business. What was that moment where, you know, if you look at his hat, he, uh, you know, he's a, he's a business owner and, and he's been a part of this, but what was the moment where you realized there was something not necessarily bigger, but you had a calling? Yeah. So 2003, come back, begin to work for the family, uh, kind of, uh, got, uh, 
managed all facets of the various operations. So I ran Southern Methodist University uh, athletic events. Um, I ran uh, Dallas Lovefield Airport. Um, I was running portfolios of commercial office garages for JLL, Crescent Court, and kind of the, the fundamental um, kind of uh, problem friction in which I had across all of these was it's 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 uh, you're dependent on the labor you're dependent on the reporting it's high cash volumes everything is uh, uh, there's friction everywhere both on the operational side and as a consumer uh, all anybody that's ever parked anywhere uh, it, it, it's how, how are you discovering it and how are you transacting right um, and um, I started running corporate development at the end of kind of my my uh, before I left the family business um, and in 2000 2010, um, I saw a paradigm shift in the way that the transaction was being conducted. Um, and here specifically in Dallas, Texas, um, uh, and the, here in Dallas, Texas, the sports entertainment market went, uh, went, you know, red hot. Uh, uh, Texas Rangers go back to back World Series. Uh, Dallas Mavericks win an NBA championship. Jerry Jones had just uh, opened up the what was referred to at the then time, the modern day Coliseum with a with uh, Cowboy Stadium, then to be named AT&T Stadium out in Arlington, Texas. And I say all that to say because of all of that um, and the paradigm shift occurring in the parking market was the transaction was going less and less um, on site afterthought on your way to that event. Right. Um, and I was able to capitalize on um, the uh, advent of the Internet and becoming more commonplace and the smartphone device connecting people uh, and applications being written on top of that. So it's very, very easy to move the once cash transaction into an electronic forms of means. And I was able to charge a premium. In other words, um, the parking transaction could be sold through a booking engine. Um, and so as you were buying tickets, you could buy parking and the consumer was actually paying a, a premium service for that, uh, because they had peace of mind, uh, knowing that they had a parking spot when they would arrive. And then you had all of these Mecca events that then drove up the parking rates. How did you even get doors open with this idea? Um, uh, <laughs> I worked specifically at the then time with ticket brokers. And so um, I was I was online ticket brokers or physical uh, in ticket brokers that were even selling tickets on the streets. And so I was using the family's inventory, parking inventory, parking lots in, in parking lot spaces and creating a digital credential that said, hey, here's a parking spot at Main and Main uh, spot one. Here's a parking spot, Main and Main spot two. And just as a ticket was for section 102, seat three. Right. Um, and uh, it, it was extremely novel at the time. It was absolutely disruptive. But what it was able to do is uh, provide customer insights around buying behaviors in advance. And then, um, you know, uh, year make model of the vehicle and uh, some customer IDs that then we were able to then go remarket. And we found an attachment rate that that just fueled our marketing. So people would continue to buy. Do you remember the first time you realized you had to raise money? Are you, you needed uh, to raise money? I, the first time I so I started in 2010 again kind of went through kind of that hotbed of of sports entertainment in Dallas first capital I took was in so I self-funded till 2013 
Um, and then from 13 to 19, I raised $26 million um, through four securities. I mean, the first time you went out and you had to explain this to somebody or you got to explain it, was it just was it very natural and you felt, you know, like this is what I'm supposed to do and the pitch was was perfect or was no, it something? No, it's always iterative. Yeah. Twenty six million dollars. Wow. Uh, I mean, that was over the course of you said, I mean, like five or six years. And then the process of, of starting to bundle something up and realizing that what you had built was you had an idea, then it went to concept, and then it was a brand, and it was a powerhouse. And along the way, too, we mentioned this at the beginning, he, he acquired other companies to help bolster you know, the strength of Park Hub. But I mean, what was that like, like living above it all, realizing, not above it all, but I'm saying being able to see it as a visionary, see it come to place where like 10 years is not that much time as a business owner. It happened for you in about half that time. Yeah, it, it, it you know, um, the growth was fast, which then led to, uh, you know, understanding that we truly had product market fit. We created this market um, and uh, it, 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 you know, the way that uh, I built the business uh, is through uh, rapid innovation cycles. So we're we we, we are uh, we're designed first. So we use uh, personas to build both the the various user classes that we're interacting with the software. So did you sit there in a dark room and just map all this stuff out? Um, at first, yes, and then uh, I uh, I've got some agencies to help. So the first iteration of the product um, I was building myself, uh, and then as I began to raise capital, uh, kind of the use of the funds war was to uh, improve and build a scalable product offering that then I could take to market. Wow. So back to the acquiring companies and raising money. You know, I think this is interesting where I think you're the first person to come on the show that has actually started from the ground up, had multiple acquisitions and then got acquired themselves. So I'm sure people will appreciate just the process of that, whether it's mental or just a literal interpretation. What, what was that like living through that? Um, a blur. Uh, to your point, it happened very, very fast. Uh, and what it was like is, is you know, I had a... I start, yes, visionary. Yes, I started the business. Uh, uh, now, uh, founder, chairman, uh, ran the CEO of the business for the first uh, 10 years of the, of the life cycle of the business. But it comes with a, it, it comes with a lot of great people um, and great executives uh, that, that helped me get to where we were. We back to the kind of the, the design process. Uh, you know, we had we had we used two kind of uh, cycles of feedback to improve the improve the software. One was on the sales side um, and the marketing side, what what needed to be there in order to buy. And the other side was on the customer support side where where the product was breaking. And that went into the blender to 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 uh, build and iterate upon the product. Important to note, um, uh, also disruptive into the industry is we were building on a subscription base. So uh, as as the Dallas Cowboys asked for an, a, an improvement, so did the Texas Rangers get that. So did the San Francisco 49ers. Similarly, what USC was asking for, so did SMU. So did University of Texas get uh, from a did product Did you have any competition at all? Uh, we didn't get competition until about 2017. Wow. So were you just living the life? I mean, for that five year run where you were just like, this is a joke. I'm the only one doing this. What am I missing? Um, I, I didn't think that I, yeah. I was market captured. The, the, I think the, the investor base was what, what are, what are we missing? Why, how is this opportunity? Um, you know, 
they're, they're going to come for you eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do well, you we think? got competition now. Yeah. What? But that's why you acquire businesses. So as an example, um, uh, Spot Hero, uh, large capitalized uh, insight ventures backed, uh, raised $170 million. They, they, uh, um, I was able to work with Mark Lawrence, the CEO there um, and founder and CEO. Um, and, um, uh, by his handheld point of sale business, because I wasn't losing business to him. Um, I was, it was delaying our sales cycle and, or driving down my cost. Um, cause I mean, I was discounting my, my, my services to, to get the, the client. So, uh, he sold me his business line. Uh, he stayed on the reservation side. Um, I stayed on the B2B enterprise SaaS side. Um, and we, 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 we created some coopetition there. Co-op. I've heard that word twice today, and I've never heard it before this morning. My buddy David Darian said coopetition. I was like, oh, I like that. I'm going to put that in my head. In real estate, my background, there's no such thing. Yeah. Like you either want. High tides raise all ships. Yeah. Right? Listen, I, I agree, man. I, I, I agree. And I think this yeah. is, again, why I wanted to do this was for my own personal well-being, too, because I just was like, oh, my gosh, why is everybody just wanting everyone else to lose? And they're the only winners. There's there's more to life. Yeah. Conscious capitalism is important. Wow. Look at that little George nugget. Look at that. Um, OK, so well, what are the ingredients of somebody to, to build a company to that kind of significance if you had to go describe them five traits five words whatever their headspace is like what, what do they think traits five words I, 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 I uh, resilient oh hell yeah right passionate um, you 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 absolutely have to be a um, empathetic leader you have to listen um, and you have to be able to take feedback mm-hmm um, because the the you you will pivot uh, frequently, and you have to be able to um, understand and recognize that failure uh, is not fatal um, and it's not final. It, you got to you got to have the courage to continue to go and be passionate about what you believe in. Um, and the other thing I say is, is the vision has to be crystal clear across the organization, right? Like everybody has to know what that North star is. You've got to know where are we going to be, especially early days in building a business. Where, where are we trying to be 10 years from now? Um, where do we need to be from a, uh, a five year, three year target, whatever that ends up looking like. Uh, and then you absolutely have to have a one year plan and then accountability around all that. So as a, as a fellow business owner, you know, I'm attached to my companies and I feel like I'm, you know, they're family in a way, but when you got to the point where it was time to consider an exit, did you have any, like that nauseous, like I'm, I'm leaving behind my children feeling that, you know, you, you kind of battled with it. It was a struggle, but I never built the business to retain the business. When I took in the capital, I knew I had to return the capital. Um, and when you take capital, you have to set expectations on, uh, a time horizon by which you return the capital. Right. Um, and sometimes that's contractual. You'd be a great politician. That was a very, it was like, I feel like you need to like hold a pen or something. When you say that, that was very well said. You are exactly right. Mr. Healy, you are guaranteed to get your money back <laughs> as soon as possible. Asterix possible is going to be the whole, as soon as possible. I, so I knew the time was right. Um, uh, so 2019, we, we did our series B, um, 
and um, again built the 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 technology stack for um, commercial parking because of the mismanagement um, and the leakage around cash and bringing in fundamental business processes that drive business intelligence. By driving the business intelligence, you create operational efficiencies uh, that then drive and improve uh, revenues. So um, 2020, um, we all know March 13th, the pandemic hits, right? Um, uh, Our core market, sports entertainment, absolutely shuts down, right? parking no one commercial parking no one is uh no one is driving anywhere um and and um but people were going out they were camping uh they were uh uh, they were going on hikes uh and they're going to the beaches um and uh the beauty about software and technologies uh is when you have a a product and you can apply it to a, a, a tangential vertical, such as camping, a campground has campsites that looks very similar to a parking lot that has spaces. Um, a ski resort has a fixed amount of uh, uh, passes that, that they could have at the at, on a lift. Uh, so we the, the fundamentals behind the product and the technology stack uh, is inventory management that drives uh, fan journey mapping, customer journey mapping, understanding who the demographic data around the individuals are, uh, and it's credentialing, right? And so uh, when we um, I bought a campground business bonfire that year, used it as the, f- the brand, sold in our technology, uh, the park of technology, which we built. It was just a brand buy. Um, and we were 40% in, in 2020. My gosh. The following year in 2021, we grew 60%. Um, and you said you grew 40%. We grew 40%. Um, and, um, and, and a big important note around kind of uh, business business fundamentals is the addressable market associated with the opportunity. So parking, commercial parking, um, it's a hundred thirty one billion dollar uh, uh, commercially transacted market. Um, Fifty billion to that of uh, outdoor camping in in in, in um, state national parks. Thirty billion in. Uh, uh, other outdoor activities wreck this that's beaches that's skiing um and so as i un- unlock that the opportunity then unlocked um and so um it, it was it, that was my signals as f- this is the time for the jump off point to return the capital to the existing investors do you consider yourself more of the uh, parking goat or the prince of parking I'm the parking goat, right? The parking goat. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. So, so you, you get to the point you're about to exit your company. And then next thing you know, obviously the stars align and you know, this is, it's, it's been really fun to follow George's journey just on LinkedIn alone. Cause it's, it's incredible publicity and your name is all over the place, but it's there differently when you get to a point where you're, you know, selling your baby. What was the first thing you bought when you sold your company? That's what uh, we all want to know. <laughs> um, we bought it. We bought a new home. So we moved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a that's a good win. What's the first thing you bought? Where you're just like, I have to get this, and I have to celebrate. Other than a home, what about? You have a lot of vests. Did you buy some new vests? 
<laughs> I do have a lot of that. So, so you uh, bought a new home. I and, bought a new home. Uh, we, we traveled a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm not one, you know, uh, I'm pretty frugal. My wife's even more frugal. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, but more important question other than the vest. Um, when you do that, I mean, did you find yourself throughout the process? Like you pour your heart and soul into something for 10 years, really your whole life. You're in the, you're the parking prince. You're the, you're the goat of parking. Your family's doing this. This is what is in your blood. And all of a sudden, poof, you're no longer the owner. And you're kind of, you know, working for a company that you founded. What was that headspace and that journey? Did you find yourself kind of trying to figure out your identity, moving to the next phase of your life? Uh, I don't know if I've necessarily done that yet. Um, Is it happening right now? It's happening right now. Wow. To your point, yeah, my, my, you know, my professional career, for all intents and purposes, um, is, has been uh, built and ingrained kind of within Park Hub. Um, But, uh, you know, I guess the, to arrive at the selling of Park Hub, there was a lot of uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, um, and I, I I'm still processing, but I know it was the right it was the right thing to do. This is the part I tell you: you can't go back. The the, the, the checks have been cashed. You can't go back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can have more kids and name one park and the other one like Lot or Hub. <laughs> Be like, is that biblical? No, it's literally after parking lot, not Lot. Um, so so to all of our friends that are watching this, that either are on the verge of maybe starting the company or they're considering maybe exiting, what what's the advice? Whether it's the best advice you've received from your family or you know embracing the fact that you you live in your destiny, which I think a lot of people kind of run from or they run scared. Uh, uh, you know, two. The best advice um, is be communicative with the stakeholders. That's internally to the staff and externally um, to the shareholders or equity holders uh, or advisors or directors. So just quarterly group tax, I mean, just your own version of it. Yeah. What, what I, you know, it looks different at different times in kind of the business life cycle. Um, but uh, keeping uh, people aware of what is going on. Yeah. And then how did you keep yourself aware of the fact that work was always secondary? My work, work-life balance um, for the first 80% of growing Park Hub was way out of whack. And I don't know, but I got to give props out to my wife, um, Chelsea, for the support and the rock that she has been through this Um uh, and even when we were dating, before I ever raised capital, um, she she invested in the business. Really? Yes. Would um, you consider her maybe even a goat of wives? Absolutely. Goat fuel. Chelsea's fuel of choice. It's cool to think on it, huh? Yeah. And, and it press pause. I think that as and George and I are both active investors and been able to do some stuff together. I was talking about this this morning with Trey Bowles, and I was like, would you ever invest in a founder that's not all in the business? And like, absolutely not. Right. And then it's almost, but then Trey made a good point to where I think a good business model is potentially therapy or whatever you want to use for people that are early founders. Right. Because there there is no balance. I think balance is the hardest thing, whether you're, I was single when I started my real estate company. And thankfully, you know, my wife is extremely supportive and encourages me to work. But finding a way to turn it off is so freaking hard. hard. It's so hard, especially like with parking and real estate. It's 
you can't avoid it, right? And you start to look at things like a beach, like how many parking spots. It's, it's just everything is, you know, is parallel. And I think it's really hard. But to find someone who can keep you find keep you balanced in a way, especially early on, is really really hard to find. So I, I'm going to do a plug. I read a book uh, through during COVID. Um, uh, a uh, business um, uh, professional friend of mine, Scott O'Neill, who's the uh, CEO of the Brooklyn Nets, um, wrote a book called Be Where Your Feet Are. Um, and the fundamentals behind the book is if you're at work, that's where you need to be mentally. If you're at the house, that's where you need to be back at mentally. If you're in a social setting with your friends or business colleagues, that's where you need to be. And if you're not going to be there, then you don't need to be there. Is it weird that the first thing I think of is a Mike Brady quote from Brady Bunch? I remember him saying, like, wherever you are, there, or wherever you go, there you are, or something like that. I don't know. I don't read books, but I watched a lot of Brady Bunch as a kid. <laughs> um, which one of the best episodes ever is the crossover episode when they promoted the monkeys. Fun fact about the monkeys, the first true reality TV show was not real world. It was the monkeys. They went and casted all these guys to come together, which is a very underrated group. They should make it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And double fun fact, the first person to find out that my wife was pregnant with Henley was Mickey Dolan's my buddy, the lead singer of the monkeys back to George Baker, uh, George, as we get to the, uh, to the wrap up of this, um, you know, maybe share a little bit more wisdom, you know, obviously communicating with investors, but just being a leader and being intentional and being so well liked and so well respected. What's the advice you would give to people that maybe are again in this phase of, uh, discovery or, um, maybe a little bit of confusion or doubt. What, what's the, what's the advice you would give them? I mean, believe in yourself. Um, don't, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier, don't be afraid to fail. Um, uh, you know, fail fast, pivot quickly. Um, and, you know, do your best. I like it. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's cliche for a reason because it, it works. Uh, what, what's your legacy? Family man, kids, believer. When you, when you look back in 50, 60 years and, and you're most proud of something that you've done, what is it? I haven't done it yet. Oh my gosh. Boom. That's it. We can't drop these because they're attached to the table. And if we adjust them, they're probably going to break. But if the mic was in his hand, it would, it would be dropped. Uh, and then as, as, a, as the only guest to ever come on here, including my dad that doesn't really have social media, how, <laughs> how do we, my dad has an Instagram account. He's never posted, but whenever we do this, his video, we can I'll, do a collab. I will, I will spin up an Instagram account hereafter. Well, how do we support you? How do we find you? How do we follow your journey? I'm on LinkedIn. Was that a question, Ron Burgundy? <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. Okay, it's okay. A couple more questions from the audience. One of them asks: When you're investing in a business, what do you look for in a founder, other than the fact that they're they're all in? What 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 is, what is your ticker? What is your you know your thinker, not your ticker? But when you're investing in a company and a brand, what do you look for? Uh, the passion in which they're delivering to me or to others, uh, kind of the the fundamental business. Uh, opportunity. What's the most exciting thing that you've seen that you've been a part of? Besides Park Hub? Yeah. I'm saying like a non-parking, you know, investment or something that you're, that you want to add to your portfolio. I love, uh, what our friends, Jeremy Stewart and Lila, uh, have done. Hari Mari. Mari. Oh, Highland Park Scott's shout out. And they're, they're just good people. Yeah. Um, believers and, and they're building for the right reason. I love that. Cool. Uh, and then in closing comments, what, what um, maybe if there was a movie uh, about your life story, who would play you in the movie and why? And then bonus question: What would be your theme song? John Cusack and Don't Stop Believing. 
dang, I, first of all, John Cusack would have been also my answer, but maybe John Cusack can say anything because it's in front of a car, which has to do with parking. <laughs> and so Peter Gabriel, In Your Eyes, was actually the song playing in the movie. But for all y'all that are watching, please message me when you know the name of the actual song that John Cusack had playing because he was not a Peter Gabriel fan. So George Baker, the parking prince, the goat of the lots, uh, the guy that's done it right. He saw an opportunity. He struck on it. He hit a grand slam home run. Last question. What's next? Uh, once I light up that social handle, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Influencer. He's going to be a best vlogger. Yeah. Um, but what's next? What, what's, what's next on, uh, uh, in, on the world list of worldly accomplishments? What could you possibly try to go and attack after this? Uh, I want to help uh, other entrepreneurs. I had a lot of help to get um, to where I am. Um, and there's a lot of pattern recognition uh, just in conversations and opportunities. Um, and I'd love to help and be a part of that. I love it. Actually, I do have one more question. What's your superpower? Listening. He, and that was even, he listened when he responded with that. Wow. That was, that's it. That's how you finish a podcast. Uh, congratulations on your success. Park Hub, multiple other companies, follow George's journey on LinkedIn. By the time this airs, he's going to have an Instagram account. Maybe the Prince of Parking is, if it's not taken, or the, the goat of lots, just look up George F. Baker. George F. Baker. George F. Baker, um, an icon, a titan, uh, a very real leader that has done it the right way. Congratulations. I'm Thank proud you. to be your friend, and I hope you guys got some inspiration today from our friend, the goat of parking, George Baker.